This episode of The Curly Critics is brought to you by our brand new merch store, found at tpublic.com, Curly Critics Pod. Link is in the description. From WBNE. Hi, I'm Carrie. And I'm Jade. And we're the Curly Critics. And today we're talking about the Harry Potter movie, Chamber of Secrets. Yeah, part two. How did you feel about this movie, Jane? I mean, it was okay. It it <laughs> wasn't great. Like, I really liked the score of this one better. I felt it was more diverse in a sense that it wasn't just the same song playing over and over again because that was horrendous and made me want to die. This one was more like, oh, yeah, this is action music. This is sad music. (laughs) Oh, look, there's a theme for Hermione walking in the door. I'm like, yeah, I get it. I'm following. The first note that I have is that the soundtrack makes me feel very warm and fuzzy. Yeah, it's so nice. Because it's just, like, very iconic. This movie has, one, a bunch of iconic lines. Yeah. And then, two... It, like, reminded me while I was watching it of, like, Harry Potter world and, like, Harry Potter things. While, like, the first one did that, but, like, not as much. Mm -hmm. This is the first one where I was like, yes, I'm watching Harry Potter. (laughs) Yeah. I think one of my biggest complaints is that Oliver Wood did not get as much screen time as I wanted because I love him and his face. My biggest complaint is that the music sounds like Star Wars. I mean... (laughs) I mean... What do you expect? During the Quidditch scene, when they're, like, him and Draco are, like, going under the bleachers or whatever, I was like, Mm -hmm. if I close my eyes right now, I would think it's the episode two scene where they're chasing Zam Wessel through Coruscant. (laughs) Like, that's what I'm thinking of. All I can think is, like... Now this is pod racing. <laughs> now this is pod racing. <laughs> That's exactly what that is. So I started this movie off really strong. I was like, I feel good. I'm ready. And then like 40 minutes in, I looked at how much time was left. <laughs> and I was like, oh, yeah. this movie is two hours and 40 minutes long. Okay. <laughs> I think it's super helpful to read the book and watch the movie as soon as possible after because it really does follow along really well. I could tell you just by watching it, oh, that line was word for word or, oh, they changed a word or two. That's kind of weird. Or, oh, they completely skipped this entire plot point. And I was like, well, okay. Yeah, there are lots of things that I'm annoyed with. But I don't know. how. Do we want to just go through the movie or just talk about it? Because I could jump all over the place. Yeah, we'll just jump okay. around. We'll this movie, have a time. So I wanted to say, this movie and the first movie were by the same director, Chris Columbus. All and that, Those are okay. the only two movies that Chris Columbus did. Three is by a different one, four is by a different one, and five through eight are by the same person. 
Sounds like Star Wars. Yes, well. <laughs> and then after this movie, we get a new Dumbledore. Because the first Dumbledore dies in between two and three. Forgot about that. Yeah. So Awkward. I can definitely... I like watched the third movie a lot, and I can tell a difference between the styles, which is fine mm-hmm. because I think three and four are turning point movies anyway, or like books. Yeah. And so it's like one and two are standalone, and then like three is standalone, and then four through seven are like their own thing. And so it's like fine that they're like this, but the movie felt very childish. Yeah, it did. It did. A I mean, lo- I felt the same way with the first one. Yeah. Too. So, I, which I mean, the way that the books are written, it's that way too because they're so young. Mm-hmm. But it did a lot of telling us what's happening and like not a lot of showing us. And I was like, it's literally a movie. We can see it. Yeah. It was like some of the lines they kept in or added in were like describing what's going on as if you're reading the book and you're kind of going but yeah i i can see that right the scene in the chamber of secrets where tom riddle like writes out his name i was like that's a helpful visual but it took you so long to do that yeah okay he like wrote it out like really slowly (laughs) and i was like this is taking like five minutes you could just yeah i mean i don't know how else you would do it because you have to like scramble the letters together my boy tommy he literally like harry's running around doing all this stuff and he's just standing there he's just standing there like the whole 15 minutes i'm like dude you couldn't like be a real villain you had to just stand there and tell your entire plan to harry like he literally the the basilisk was chasing him and all this stuff and he's just standing there watching i'm like what are you doing the thing about it is though that he's the evil villain but he's the evil villain at 16 like he's literally the memory of voldemort at 16 trapped in a book so everything that happens after 16, he doesn't know. Oh. I didn't put that together. I mean, yeah, but he's still, like, evil, so I feel like he would want to be more active and progressive in doing well, so. Yeah. He's still evil. but Honestly, like, if you just watch that scene and you watch him, he's just watching everything happen just watching it go by i'm like every other villain was more useful than you (laughs) are you kidding me right now you are so dumb yeah (laughs) yeah i was also not like i've seen this movie before but that was not how i was expecting tom riddle to act or like speak like i was very taken aback Because it's like, I've known the actor before, because I've seen it before, but I haven't seen, Mm -hmm. I've only seen this movie once, and it was right after I watched the book, read the book. So it's been a really long time, and the actor is in the later books, because there are more flashbacks and stuff. Oh, okay. And so I was like, expect, I don't know, I didn't realize that there was so much of a difference between them. A lot of these things about this movie really take me out, 
because they're like not the same later on like the dumbledore mm-hmm. yeah which is like not anybody's fault they how were they supposed to know he was gonna die <laughs> but like just like when dumbledore talks i'm like half paying attention i'm like oh right that's dumbledore that's who this is right now <laughs> oh my gosh yikes Okay, there was one thing that really bothered me, and maybe you can explain it. Maybe you can't. Maybe that's for later. So at the very end, when Hermione walks in, and she's all unfrozen and stuff, and she hugs Harry, and then she and Ron just stare at each other super awkward. I'm like, that wasn't in the book. What is she doing? doing what is happening okay 2002 that's only half of the question the other half of the question is when did the books come out i mean at 2002 i'm just saying like but still i have no comment for that i mean It's just annoying that it wasn't in the book, and so you see this weird thing happen, and you're just like, where did this weird tension come from? I don't appreciate this. We'll get back to that. I don't. I wasn't ready, okay? That's That's all I'm saying. Yeah, like a book six problem. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I felt like the first half of this movie was really epic. Like, the things that were happening were, like, super dramatic and cool. Like, the runaway scene when they, like, picked Harry up in the car. Like, the way that that was filmed was, like, super, like, cool and intense. Mm -hmm. And I was like, yes! And then... Yeah. The, like, Quidditch stuff. I was like, this is so cool! Yes. I don't know when it stopped being that way. I watched this movie in two days. <laughs> so, so maybe it was my mood. Yeah. The so day. maybe that was it. Well, no. Like I felt the same way. I was super amped up at the beginning, and by the end, I was kind of like, okay, this isn't as cool yeah. anymore. And I think it's just less cool things happen in the second half of the book. Like. Like, the second half is all, like, murder mystery. That's fair. And so it's, like, them running around places and trying to figure things yeah. out. Well, the first half is, like, flying car, whomping willow, yeah. quidditch. Yeah. So, yeah. But I liked the cool parts. Oh, yeah, for sure. I love me some quidditch. I <laughs> can't get enough of it. It makes me happy. Also, but the thing about the runaway scene I wrote down was... It was super cool, but how in the world were the three of them that prepared? Like, they showed up with a grappling hook. Honestly. (laughs) And they, like, pull the car out just right and, like, pull the bars off and then, like, open the trunk. And I'm like, this is a very coordinated... Did they practice this on the way over? Honestly, (laughs) I wouldn't doubt it. Ron's just out here like, I need to save my boyfriend. And the twins are like, yeah... (laughs) No comment, just yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's it, yeah. Jenny's entrance in this movie 
is so good. I sent it to oh Jade, like, just the gift, like, as soon as it happened, because I was like, yes, I love her. <laughs> her, like, big eyes. So good. Yeah. Also, oh Arthur gosh. Weasley's What Exactly is the Function of a Rubber Duck? I'm like, I don't even know. Yes! <laughs> Honestly, just Harry's blank stare, like, uh... Because no one knows. What's the point of it? One of the things that annoyed me the most about this movie was Hermione. I found her incredibly Uh insufferable. And it's not her fault. Like, it's not Emma Watson's fault. It's the writer's fault. Because they gave Hermione all of Ron's lines about pureblood stuff. And so oh, she just yeah, knew yeah. everything, the entire movie. She knew everything about Wizarding World, everything about being a pureblood, everything about magic. Whenever they were in a sticky situation, she was the one using magic to get them out. She, like, solved the mystery for them. And so it was like, Hermione's doing yeah. everything. Harry's the main character, and Ron is just, like, there. Which is, it's a common complaint with these movies, is that they... they Mm-hmm. These movies really do the Weasleys really dirty. <laughs> yeah. Because they're, like, such great characters in the book, and the movies just don't do them justice. And this is, like, the beginnings of that. And it just... Yeah. I didn't think about that. Like, I didn't see that when I was watching it, but now that I'm thinking about it, I'm like, yeah. She did kind of Yeah, the first everything. thing that, like, time I noticed it was... Right after, like, Draco called her a mudblood, and Hermione was like, it means dirty mm-hmm. blood. And I was like, Ron said that in the book. And I was like, that's interesting. Yeah. And then there was something that happened not too long after that. I didn't write down what the quote was. And I put in all caps, Weasley writes 2020. <laughs> but she, <laughs> she says something else after that Sorry. that I was, like, only a pureblood would know that. Like, how do you... Okay. Because they're, like, in the book, the dynamic works really well because Hermione, like, has, she's, like, really smart and, like, does all the research. But Ron knows everything about the Wizarding World and Harry's the savior of the universe. So, like, the three of them, they make a great team. Yeah, street, street versus book smarts and then just doing all the action stuff. (laughs) So, if you, like, give Hermione her and Ron's part, it's like, why do we even have Ron? Yeah, it also kind of makes her seem like a flimsy plot point kind of you know the convenient like oh she just so happens to know the spell to this to get out of this right. situation that nobody else knows all those things it's like oh, and okay. like in the book oh. she knows a lot but we can like justify it by the fact that she's always reading like in the book there was that line that right, was like yeah ron harry was like where's hermione and ron went in the library you know hermione when in doubt go to the library and i was like see there's, like, build-up yeah. there for... She knows everything because she's constantly reading. But, like, the culture stuff... Yeah. She... How did she even know in the book, though, is what I'm wondering. Like, how would she have even known about that? About what? Like, all the cultural, like, pure blood stuff. Well, a lot of it Ron says in the book. And also her, like... She does a lot of reading... 
and like her favorite book is Hogwarts a History. Oh, so okay. she like knows a lot about Hogwarts and like the wizarding culture as a whole, but from books and not from experience. Okay, okay. There's like a fan fiction I read where Hermione gets sorted into Slytherin, but the whole the whole like book she's like, I don't understand all these like pure blood traditions. Someone help me out. <laughs> She's like, why isn't there a book on Plurbud traditions? Because I don't know what I'm doing. And so I'm like, that's more realistic. If like, yeah. you threw someone in a completely different culture, they're not going to know what's going on right away. Yeah. Like, Hermione, like, book five or six, I'll give her the benefit of the doubt. She can know all that stuff. But Hermione at 12, she's been there for a year. There's no way she knows all that stuff. Yeah, she would know the equivalent of Harry besides anything she's read. Right. That was my main thing. I was like, she shouldn't know hardly anything. Yep. And Harry doesn't know anything because he's Harry. Yeah, it'd be like that. I, um, so I really, really did not like the spider scene. I did not... I was just, like, sitting on the couch in a tight ball going, please make this end. I was playing solitaire this at that time, horrible. not paying attention. Because <laughs> I was like, I know what's going on. I heard follow the butterflies, and then I was like, okay, I'm done with this. <laughs> <laughs> That's my cue to leave. During the Quidditch scene, when there are two very iconic Draco lines... Yeah. <laughs> training for the ballet which is iconic and then in the dueling scene he goes scared potter and i'm like these i know these so i just heard them and i was like yes iconic draco he just in those kinds of lines it makes them sound like like he's a disney channel villain <laughs> You know, like, because Harry answers and he's like, you wish, Malfoy. And I'm like, okay. That's what I mean like, by, like, yeah. them being childish. But also, it's, it yeah. works because they're 12. Yeah. 12-year-olds do talk like <laughs> So it's like, Fantastic yeah, he sounds writing. like a Disney Channel villain because he's 12. Yeah. It, what does that say yeah, about Disney just... Channel villains? It definitely gave me Disney vibes, and I was like, uh. (laughs) Also, Alan Rickman was truly a gift to this world. Oh my gosh. I adore him more than anything in the world. His portrayal of Snape is really, really good. It's so fantastic. He just has so much emotion in his face. And he can do so much with his body language without saying anything. Exactly. It's amazing. It's so subtle, too. It's not anything usually that big. It's more just, like, those subtle, like, eye movements or, like, subtle face movements. So you're just like, oh my gosh, he's mad. Okay. I can't wait for you... To potentially see Die Hard because you will see a side of that man you've never seen. <laughs> He's incredible. Like, I just want to watch all of his movies, honestly. Like, 
That's what Harry Potter makes me want to do. Makes me want to have an Alan Rickman um, marathon. So if we ever have another series, that's what it's going to be. Just Alan Rickman movies. Let me just add that on to our, like, seven different season series that we're planning. At one point, I put that the whole this whole movie, none of the professors have done anything. Hermione is carrying this movie. Seriously! Like, they literally don't know anything, or if they do know something, they're not doing anything about it. I'm trying to think of what that moment was. It was some moment... Oh! It was during the Quidditch game when the, like, rogue Bludger was flying around and, like, Harry had, like, fallen down and Hermione stopped it. Yeah. And I was like, there's an entire group of teachers up there. Why are they doing anything? Dude. I'm so confused. I just wanted to see the Weasleys trying to wrestle it back into a box while it's trying to kill Harry. Yes. But, you know, they had to... Give it to Hermione. Steal the show. These movies don't do Fred and George that bad, now that I think about it. Because they're really easy characters to write. Yeah. They're just like, oh, you throw in a joke every once in a while. You make them finish each other's sentences. Yeah. Okay, Fred George. So, I give them that. They did two Weasleys right. Yeah. Charlie's not even in the movie, so... Well... The scene where they use the Polyjuice Potion and turn into Crab and Goyle, and then, like, Draco walks up to them, and he's like, why are you wearing glasses? And Harry goes, reading? And Draco goes, I didn't know you, I didn't know you could read. The best part about that is that Tom Felton improvised that line because he forgot his actual line. Oh my gosh! Ugh! And it, like, made it in the movie. I love it when stuff like that happens. That's incredible. The other thing with that that bothered me was that who else at that school has glasses like that? (laughs) Honestly, do any of the other students wear glasses? Um. (laughs) Moaning Myrtle wears glasses. Oh, yeah, a ghost. Great. She counts. It's literally, like, Harry, Myrtle, Dumbledore. Oh, apparently Percy wears glasses. In what world? I don't know. It's still, every time he comes on screen, I still see my friend from school, and it scares the crap out of me. I'm like, oh my gosh! He looks just like my friend. It freaks me out. I always forget. (laughs) And then they said a lot of the professors wear glasses. Yeah, old people. Great. Any other students? Like... Okay, Percy wears glasses in the book, but not in the movie. Did glasses just not exist before 2010? Yeah, this movie was set in 1992. So, like, 2000, then. Yeah. No one wore glasses. Great. That's great. Everybody's going, James Potter wore glasses, and I'm like, okay. And? 
What's your point? He's dead. <laughs> like Myrtle and James, congrats. The actor who plays Ron, Rupert Grant, is actually afraid of spiders. Well, and he's never watched that scene all the way through because he's so scared of it. Yeah, I wouldn't either. Honestly, like, it was awful. It says, in that scene, Ron's frightened look and his uncomfortable squirming was not from acting, but from Rupert being legitimately terrified at even the thought of spiders. Oh my gosh. Wow. So, if James had glasses, do you think those would be Harry's? By some, like, odd coincidence? Like, Harry got James's glasses? Yeah. Uh. Because everyone's always like, well, why would the Dursleys take him to the eye doctor? What if they didn't? I doubt it. Because Harry, like, came to the Dursleys when he was one, and you don't really know you need glasses until, like, you're a little bit older than that. Well, what if they just had them why would they have them they hate james don't know i just thought it'd be cool okay i mean you can believe it headcanon accepted (laughs) i mean would a grown man's glasses fit an eight-year-old no (laughs) but harry potter is all about Getting rid of she who will not be named and replacing it with our own theories. Yeah. We're going to talk about that a lot in the next book. Yikes. All right. Let's see. What else? (laughs) Professor What's-His-Face was ridiculous. Lockhart? Just 12 out of 10. And the scene where he's packing up and they're super ticked off at him. I was like, yeah, I'm mad too. What's he doing? I just want to punch him in the face. Despite the fact that he was ridiculous, I thought he was a really good actor. That he, like, owned the role really well. Yeah. I don't... I think he did own it really well. I don't know about the acting as much. But maybe that's just because how the character was written. It's just so ridiculous that you're kind of like, yeah. "Eh." Yeah, I believe it. This says that this is the second shortest book, but it's the longest movie. Because it's almost three hours long. Yeah. Which is ridiculous. It's unfortunate for everyone involved. It's so long. I feel like there were just some things that didn't need to happen. Yeah. I think they were trying really hard to make it a very faithful adaption. Yeah, for sure. And they did a great job doing it. In order to do that, it got so long. And if you're doing that, why did you give Hermione all of Ron's lines? Yeah, maybe just to give her more things to say. Maybe they just didn't trust him with his lines. I don't know. <sighs> it's a whole mess. Like, could we have just skipped the entire spider scene? Honestly. No. This is like one of the most important scenes in the book. I just... 
What scene could have been left out, though? That's what I'm wondering. Like, what could have been left out without there being that much trouble and they could just kind of explain it away? Or recap it later? The first thing I thought of was the Quidditch scene. Oh. The only thing about the Quidditch scene is that it leads into Dobby's explanation. Yeah. But I don't necessarily think that we need Dobby's explanation there. I just like you, Quidditch. Don't I know. take that for like, me. Don't. <laughs> I don't want the Quidditch to go away either. But, like, if we have to cut something, yeah, to me, that would be the least important. You could just write Dobby in explaining what happened, like, at the end of the movie. Yeah. But I don't know. Hmm. I did think the sock scene was so cute. I was like, oh, my heart is melting. Yes. And Lucius looked so mad. (laughs) Lucius Malfoy was like full evil this movie yeah he was terrifying i was like oh no Mm-mm. like he nope. straight up was gonna use a killing curse on a 12 year old boy yeah if dobby hadn't stopped him and i was like sir i know i was like uh <laughs> awkward first of all one of the trivia says that the music from the quidditch mess is the music from the attack of the clones <laughs> no it isn't it sounds it says, oh, during the Quidditch mass, some of the music used while Harry and Draco chase the Golden Snitch was used for the speeder chase scene in Star Wars Episode Three: Attack of the Clones. Oh my gosh. I knew it. I'm done. <laughs> Get me out of here. That's insane. Uh, music. I just haven't seen that movie in so many years. I wouldn't have caught that. I really like the Star Wars score, so I listen to it a lot. Oh, yeah. What did you think of... I should have asked you this for the last one, but I didn't. But what did you think of the arc? Like, the way that they built the stuff? Was it, like, you know, how you imagined it in your head? Like, Hogwarts, like, the Chamber of Secrets, and... All of that stuff? Um. Well, I thought that bathroom was huge. Yeah. I was expecting something. I was expecting, like, the one in the first movie. And then when it turned out to be massive, I was like, man, that would suck to not be able to use that one. (laughs) Dang. (laughs) That's garbage. My thing about that, too, the Chamber of Secrets is, like, in a bathroom sink. Mm-hmm. But, like, the founders were from, like, the 400s or whatever. And I'm like, how old is that bathroom? Ew. Was it, like... And if it wasn't in a bathroom the whole time, who built it into the sink? Yeah. Um... I don't... I don't know. Um... Answering your question further, (laughs) uh, I thought the 
the car scene, the flying car scene was pretty spot on in like the the forest scene because we've already kind of seen the mm-hmm. forest and all the all the spider stuff. That was pretty much 100% what I read. And I was like, oh no, I hate that. I can, all the sounds, I was like, nope, I want to get out of here. Get me out of here, please. (laughs) Harry just being a bag of bones, you know. Yes. That was pretty accurate. I feel like the hospital wing is how I imagine it. But it also could just be because it's in every movie. (laughs) Yeah, and it's kind of average for... The Chamber of Secrets, though, I just imagined in my head the like front part where they like mm-hmm. did all the talking but yeah. i really liked the long like thing with the snakes like it looked yeah. really cool but i was like that's not what i was imagining <laughs> it was it was almost exactly how she described it though yeah, well. it just wasn't what we pictured i didn't picture that either yeah i'm not the best at reading descriptions <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, oh, and the, the, whatever the dark Diagon Alley is called. Nocturne Alley? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That one was pretty accurate. I was like, oh, yeah, it's just the dark side. Got it. <laughs> just turn the lights off and there you go. My thing about Harry's ending up in Nocturne Alley is that it makes no sense. Yeah. <laughs> he he says diagonally. Which diagonally yeah. fast is diagonally. Yeah. So I'm like how did he end up in nocturnally? Like those are different consonants. Yeah, I again can't explain it. I'm trying to think she just needed to introduce nocturnally for something. But I mean, to see Lucius and Draco. Oh, yeah. But that didn't even happen in the movie. Right. I was like, huh? They met him at the bookstore. Yeah. Maybe just for Hagrid to find him and for Harry to be like, well, then why were you there? And he's like, no reason. Oh, yeah. Nothing. To, like, make him suspicious. Yeah. And then it was pointless interesting that scene could have been cut out true that's that was a whole like scene, five minutes of him just up. looking in a creepy shop yeah after they got out and like hermione showed up i was like instantly annoyed with her and i was like she didn't even do anything <laughs> mm. take the hermione hate out of the podcast just movie two I, like, wrote, there's a scene in the third book that's peak Hermione. You're gonna love it. (laughs) Good. It's, like, all of your favorite things wrapped up in one. Yes. Well, I don't know. Favorite things about Harry Potter. Anyway. I was so confused at the end of the... So confused at the end when... They were all just, like, clapping that Hagrid came back. It yeah, was, like, like, nobody cares about And Hagrid. it was such a long scene. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They're all crying. I'm like, what is happening? Why did you need to make the movie longer? Yeah, I was like, cut that out. Oh my gosh. It was very weird. 
It was a lot. <laughs> I wrote, everybody's crying and I'm so confused. <laughs> yeah. What the heck? <sighs> the Super Carlin Brothers do, did this video series, and I watched them all, but I didn't pay attention very much. But they're like, how much did Dumbledore know? And so it's like the Harry Potter books from like Dumbledore's perspective, and like Dumbledore's like underlying plan throughout them. Mm-hmm. And I like remembered that, like this movie. Because this one, like, this one was the first one that started to have foreshadowing for the rest of them. And so I was like, there are things that are happening and things that are Dumbledore that's saying that could be important for later on. Like, how much does he know? Yeah. Does he have it all figured out now and he's just being mysteriously cryptic? Or does he honestly have no idea and he's just making stuff up? (laughs) So I probably need to watch that again and pay more attention. It's like being a senile puppet master. Like, sometimes you plan out what's going on, and other times you literally have no idea, but you pretend to know. And no one knows the difference because everyone thinks you're the puppet master. No, that makes perfect sense. I have no idea why Harry has so much loyalty in Dumbledore. Like, yeah, at this point, I... Dumbledore has not done anything for this kid. <laughs> I mean, besides put him in his abusive household. Yeah. Harry, Dumbledore orchestrates for Harry to be dropped up at the Dursley's house. And, like, doesn't do anything with him for ten years. And he's, like, barely in the first book. And then all of a sudden, Harry's, like, true loyalty to the point that his phoenix shows up. Maybe it's because of, like, the end of the first book when he's like, oh, yeah, a bunch of points to Gryffindor. Maybe that really does it. To be 12 years old. (laughs) I mean... I'm trying to think of times later on. I don't have a high opinion of Dumbledore, so (laughs) I'm, like, trying to find reasons why Harry would like Dumbledore. And I'm coming up with nothing. But I mean, it might be changed when we get to those books. What other thoughts do you have? I thought I had like one more thing. There's a IMDb review that's 10 out of 10 that says, Feels like it was made by drunk children. <laughs> this beast of a film felt like its writers and directors were drunk children, and I love that. Very many exclamation points. The film's childish makers made this film truly magical and a spectacular sight to behold with unlimited creativity. This film has no limits. The characters feel invincible and gives the viewer a great special feeling of being invincible if they were on the sexy island known as Great Britain. (laughs) And I just needed everyone to know that. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Jason Isaacs, who plays Lucius Malfoy, there's an interview where he goes, I had to decide how to play my character, so I went back and, like, watched the first movie to, like, see Draco's portrayal, and he's like, and I decided to give the guy a break by being ridiculously mean to Draco. (laughs) Oh my god! I should send you interviews of the two of them, Jason Isaacs and Tom Felton, because they're 
so adorable in interviews. Oh, I can imagine. Because oh. it's like, at this point, I think Tom Felton's like 13 or 14. And then you like have this guy that's like playing your dad. And so it's like you're the industry role model. Oh, this one, my heart. I listened to a podcast with Bonnie Wright and James and Oliver Phelps. So Jenny and the twins. And they were saying that being on this movie was so cool as kids because, like, they got to, like, grow up in the industry and everybody was, like, so nice to them because they're children. And they, like, got mm-hmm. to do, like, lots of things. Like, Bonnie Wright, like, just, like, shadow other parts of the set and, like, see what's going on. And because of that, she, like, now is now directing. She, like, got all this experience, like, being on this movie and, like, being like oh yeah i just like hung out in the costumes this time and like i did this and it was like really cool yeah and so i just like and then they all like really like mrs weasley like as an actress because she's like she's like the mom on set i'm like that's so cute my heart to be a child actor for eight years (laughs) yeah and not be abused no it's more like 10 years the last one came out in 2011. That's a really long time to be working on a movie series. Yeah, just being the same character for that long. No wonder most of them haven't really done anything else. Yeah, I mean... Just finishing reading the trivia. This movie made me really want two things. To dress up like Hermione for Halloween. And... Because she's adorable. And that skirt is so cute. Oh my gosh. It's just a gray skirt and I love it. So dumb. And it made me really want to play Lego Harry Potter. Oh my gosh. Like so bad. The basilisk scene especially was like, I want to play the boss version of this. Yeah, watching this movie. Because Lego Harry Potter is just like the movie put in like Lego form. And so it was so surreal to, like, see Nocturnality. And I was like, I played that in Lego form. And, like, the bathrooms and, like, everything. I was like, yes, I know this in Lego form. Ah. Lego Harry Potter is so good. I love it so much. Is it more like Star Wars where it has levels or is it, like, free world? So it's a little bit of both. Okay. You can, like, I'm trying the leaky cauldron is like home base okay but then you can like go to hogwarts and there's like things to like mini kits and stuff and like whatever else you collect in hogwarts you just like roam around hogwarts and like collect them all and then through hogwarts you can like go to different levels i think okay so because like lord of the rings is free world and you may just like meet a character and then suddenly you're in a level but oh yeah most of the time you can just like wander around and i love that yeah you can just wander around hogwarts okay and like go to class and like you get like red bricks and stuff from like going to class yeah oh my gosh i'm so excited do you have it? Like, I want to play it so bad. No, I told my brother to look for it, see if it's free on Xbox at some point. And if not, I'll buy it. So, I bought it for the Switch last November because it was, like, on sale for, like, $10. Oh, 
And I was like, I gotta get it. <laughs> I don't want to get it yet, because I don't... because yeah, if you... Like, what's going to stop you from keeping going? Like, going Nothing. on... Nothing. It's, like, split up into two sections, though. Books, movies one through four, and movies five through eight. I would think so. Yeah. <laughs> it's massive. Yeah. But I didn't think they would put them into individual ones, either. Yeah. Yeah, it's a little annoying that it's split up that way because, like, characters in 1 through 4 aren't in, like, 5 through 8. I mean, like, they are because they're, like, still the same. But, like, it's, like, different progresses. Like, you have to 100% both of them. Oh. I mean, I had to do the same with LEGO Star Wars. I had a version that was just the original trilogy. And then I had to do the prequels, and now there's the Clone Wars, and then there's going to be the Skywalker saga. And I'm just like, this is a lot. Yeah, in the PS2, okay. we had the ones that were split in, like, two different games. Yeah. But then on the Wii, we had the complete saga. Yeah. <laughs> That's where it's at. I love LEGO Star Wars so much. Yeah. LEGO anything. Like, LEGO Batman's freaking lit. I... All the Lego games. They're so good. But Lego Lord of the Rings, it's so close to Star Wars, okay? On my ranking of how good they are. Because you can just wander around the entire world. Yeah, that's how the new Skywalker one is supposed to be. I'm so excited. We're going to sound so dumb when it actually comes out. We're going to be like this was garbage oh, and I, we were dumb i my only complaint we're done talking about harry potter now apparently <laughs> with the star new star wars game is that the legos talk yeah they freaking talk i bought the Kinda force awakens garbage? lego game and they like talk no. and i was like this is garbage i'm so upset about this because i feel like part of the fun is the fact that they don't talk so you have to like do everything in the like fun no talking way yeah, they're just like, rah, rah, rah. Charlie Brown trombones, man. <sighs> Lego games. Do they talk in Harry Potter? I don't think so. Good. But I can't remember. Do you get, like, wands and powers and stuff? Yeah. That's so exciting. <laughs> now I want to play it. Yeah, I want to play it. All right. We need to yeah. finish this series fast. What stat would you rank? We're trying. You just have to read faster. <sighs> okay, let's see. The, my pros, one of them I can't say. Sad. The other one is that Lucius's wand is so cool. Yeah. He just like pulls it out of his cane. Oh, it's so cool. What a guy. And then the cons are that it's just very childish and that Hermione's annoying yeah. and there's just a lot of telling of what's going on. Honest, honestly, why couldn't Lucius be the real villain? Tom is so dumb. Like, Lucius is so cool. Yeah, I have a lot of thoughts about the Malfoys because they're such interesting characters Mm-hmm. Because they're the bad guys. But the way she writes them is not 
completely bad, like in later books. And so there's this right. very like anti-hero kind of dynamic, but not completely anti-hero because they don't really do any good. They're this very human bad guy. That's the right word to explain it. Right, yeah. While, like, Voldemort is, like, evil. Mm-hmm. He's, like, very, like, dark evil. And the, like, Malfoys yeah. are very, like, human and more more evil on the gray side of things. Yeah. The Malfoys are just, like, bullies, kind of. And Voldemort's more like Palpatine, I could rule the galaxy. I just remembered that you haven't met Narcissa yet. No. Draco's mom. Oh my gosh. She's a queen. Well. So, there's a post credit scene? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I watched the movie, and I got to the credits, and I jokingly was like, I better wait for the post credit scene. And then I just X'd out of the program. But I can't believe there actually fake, was one. <laughs> fake Marvel fan, man. I don't wait oh around for my. other movies that aren't Marvel movies. I'm so upset. I just happened to be, like, reflecting, thinking about what we were going to talk about, texting, all that stuff. And I was like, well, maybe. Let's see. So I fast-forwarded through it, and I was like, oh, what... What's this? What was it? It was lame. It was just, um, I don't know if it was Diagon or Nocturne Alley, and then it was Lockhart in this picture thing, and he's in a, um, what's it called? Shoot. Straight jacket. <laughs> and he's crazy. <laughs> like, he's locked in a picture, and he's in a straight jacket, just kind of like, woohoo! I'm like, what the heck? What was the point of that? Oh my gosh. (laughs) It was dumb, so. This says, Aragog was falsely accused by Tom Riddle for the petrification of many students and the death of Moaning Myrtle, but Acuromantula are not known to induce petrification, making this another lack of insight of the justice system of the Ministry of Magic as they fail to notice the discrepancy. I was about to say, like, I didn't know that those spiders could do that no that's a common theme throughout these books is that the ministry of magic is useless oh that's sad aren't all government systems yeah it's a pretty easy trope to write yeah i mean she saw an opening and she took it (laughs) (laughs) yeah what would you rank it? Uh, I mean, four and a half. Oh, wow. It just, it again, it was okay. It wasn't great. The beginning was decent enough, but it was so long and it just kind of dragged on. And uh, I don't know. That's... Well, this is going to be awkward. Because I'm going to say I seven. Like <laughs> seven? Why seven? Because I really enjoyed the, like, first half. Like, I was laughing, and I was, like, really into it, and I, like, felt really good watching it. Yeah, just as a whole, I don't... 
I'm also trying to think, like, me trying to convince my family who's not going to read these books most likely, hey, let's watch Harry Potter, and them watching this movie and going, this is a tragedy. I wonder- Why is everyone so obsessed with these? <laughs> I wonder how the movie is if you haven't read the book. I have some friends I could ask them. Because I feel like when you've read the book and it tries to be that faithful, you're like, eh, it's alright. The book is better. Or whatever. Yeah. You did rank the I book I wouldn't higher. even say the book is, like, better. I Both were just kind of meh, you know? Yeah. I want to change my answer to five because now I feel bad. <laughs> I feel like a bad person. Is this your final answer? I think so. I don't know. Okay. That puts it. I don't want to be a terrible point human being. three above the first one. I could never go up to seven for this one, though. I want to save those higher numbers for later, man. <laughs> I'm hoping it gets better. I'm going to give them credit because it was 2002 and, like, they did really well with what they had. Someone compared Dobby to Jar Jar Binks uh, in the <laughs> IMDb reviews and I was like, oh, oh, that Ouch. hurt. More just for the CGI effect than anything yeah. else, not for the actual, like, character. Because Dobby actually was useful in a sense. Yeah. Sick burn. I'm trying to see if I have any memes that work for this movie. <laughs> A lot of my memes are three or later because mm. that's. Nope, that one's not it. That's not it. Ron's line, why couldn't it be follow the butterflies? Oh. That's. That's a meme in and of itself. Here's the best one. You know, before the pandemic, I didn't believe a school would stay open if there was a giant deadly snake in the pipes with the potential to kill students. Now, I could see it. <laughs> oh my gosh! Roasted! Dumbledore, the first rule is that first years can't have brooms. Harry, I want one though. Dumbledore, okay, fair. The second rule is that no rules apply to Harry. <laughs> oh my gosh! Preach that one. Alright. <laughs> that virus one, that got me good. Oh man, that's a retweet right there. Holy moly. Okay. Things to look forward to. Oh my gosh, I just realized that we forgot to do... Guess what the next one is about. But we can do that now. Oh. We were gonna do that. Yeah. The best line... Oliver Wood ever says well no Oliver doesn't say it but it's about Oliver is in the next book oh thank god okay okay something to look forward to it's, it's so good so the next book is Prisoner of Azkaban what do you yeah. think it's about <laughs> well I mean, they, like, barely mentioned 
the prison in this book. Well, I'm just curious to know who the prisoner is, I guess. Um, Plot twist. There is no prisoner. Just kidding. Whoa. Crazy. I'm just... Let's say it's Harry. What if he's just been a bad child and they're like, goodbye, it's time to go. You broke too many rules. We don't like you anymore. (laughs) Yeah, right. They put him in timeout at Azkaban. (laughs) Azkaban, kill me. Make it stop. Okay, last thing before we end is what do you think the Rotten Tomato score is? For for the movie. Oh, no. Yeah. Um, is that out of 10? It's out of 100%. Oh, okay, okay. Um, I haven't looked at it yet, because I also want to guess. <laughs> I want to say 68. Yeah, I was going to say 71. Oh, oh gosh. Nice is right. It has an 83%. <laughs> what?! You know, this happens to me a I lot. just, I rate maybe things. Maybe I'm just not a movie critic. This happens to me a lot, though, where I rate things really low and then they, like, do really well. You were a lot closer, though. By oh, 12%. Well, yeah, but I rated it a 50% if you're kind of saying it that way. Like, well, you guessed 68 fi- this time. Right, but I personally gave it a five, so, But, like, like, I didn't like, like, the Aladdin live-action movie or the Beauty and the Beast live-action movie, but both of those have really high Rotten Tomato scores. That's garbage! That's total crap! We can talk about that later. Okay, they have really high audience scores. Okay, Not high that makes scores. sense. At least Aladdin I was about doesn't. to say, like, who are these critics? Get the heck out of here! They should be fired. Type. Beauty and the Beast live action has a seventy-one percent critic score, which is higher than I think it deserves. But yeah. that's a conversation for another day. So I was gonna add one more thing about yes. the next. Um, I'm, I'm wondering if it's more, like, if it's at Azkaban, Mm -hmm. I'll say it right one day, or if it's more at Hogwarts, how they're gonna do that. I'm very fascinated to, like, see if there's another setting that we get to see besides, like, a little left turn down a dark alley. (laughs) Or the Dursley's house. Well, we had already been there. I know. I'm just saying those are our two settings. Dursley's house, Hogwarts. Or into, like, pipes. Pipes. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I'm not going to say anything. (laughs) Okay. Well. I was going to say something. It's not really a spoiler, but I'm just not going to say it. Yeah, well, I'm I'm definitely amped up for this next one. Like, every time I read these, I'm just like, I want to read the next one so bad. Like, it's it's great. Maybe that's how I'm she glad. got him in. The writing's not great, but the story's so good that you just have to keep going. 
I don't think the writing's that bad, personally. I mean, but... you haven't liked the books very much. <laughs> well, I think that has more to do with the story and the fact that they're ten years younger than yeah. I am. Yeah, but I mean, like, the overarching story is, like, really good that you just have to keep going to, like, get farther in. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I'm following. Not the, Not like, the individual little... plots. Yeah. Which is why I think... Draco just going... I'll get you next time. That's why I think they start to get better as you go along because the over, like the big picture plot, becomes more of the individual story plots. Yeah, like the stories become more connected and more like related to the big plot, mm-hmm. as opposed to the beginning where they're like, "Welcome to Hogwarts. This is a broom. <laughs> Good luck. We're gonna probably make you die. It's whatever. Yeah, don't worry about it." Thanks for listening to our very chaotic podcast. <laughs> yeah, it's a mess. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at CurlyCriticsPod and email us at CurlyCriticsPod at Gmail. Yep, we're on to part three, you guys. We're we're doing it. We're doing the thing. I'm so excited. <laughs> okay, bye. Bye. Thanks for listening, and don't forget to check out this podcast from the WBNE Network. Have you ever wondered what Gen Z was thinking while half the generation was eating Tide Pods? Or what those gosh darn kids are up to these days? Well, then you should check out our podcast, Perspective Z, hosted by me, Rachel. And me, Katrina. We discuss pop culture, politics, and everything in between, and give you our perspective as two Gen Z ladies trying to figure out our place in the world. Listen along to hear our thoughts and opinions as we gear up for college and beyond. So make sure to check out new episodes of Perspective Z every Monday on the WBNE Network at WBNE.org or wherever you get your podcasts. Now on Spotify. Toodles! Toodles.